Guardians of the Galaxy. That's that's not the theme at all. It was. It's not even. It's not even the right era. No. <laughs> no. Well, you know. I'll give you a point for creativity. At least it's Marvel. True. <laughs> all right. So, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Now, just fair volume two. Volume two. Volume two. Right. Sir. Okay. And let's uh, let let's just be upfront here. Uh, we are about a week earlier than normal for this type of review. So again, the the part right now, neither of us have seen the movie, so we have no idea what it's going to be. But later, spoilerific. Spoilers all over the place. We're going to talk about how Iron Man is actually Peter Quill's dad. Peter Quill. Yeah. Is it Quill? Yeah. Okay. That did not sound right to me when I said that. Because you were thinking Peter Parker. Ah, maybe. You know, you got me confused with the, the opening scene. Okay, so the first Guardians movie is is by many considered a top three MCU film. Very true. Very fun. So where would you rate it? Like in, in your Oh, just in general, just... it's 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 in my top five favorite. I I, I can't I don't have a specific number. Like M- MCU or all movies? Um of MCU. Guaranteeingly okay. of MCU. It's in my top five. Okay. Mostly because uh, it, I mean, it was it was just a lot of fun. It was funny. It was entertaining. I liked that they started kind of breaking the mold and being like, yeah, you can do more funny, silly movies. Plus, these are characters I had no idea who, who these people were. <laughs> yeah. Which which I guess made it a little bit easier to get on board with whatever they did. Because it's like, I don't know who you are. Well, you didn't have any expectations, right? Like, like you had no idea who these people are. So you have no expectations or no, like... No, 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 hold on. Peter Quill does not say that. Right, right. Peter Quill does this. You know? And I'm well aware that, like, that version of the Guardians is kind of a hodgepodge of many different variations of the Guardians. But I don't care. Because, again, right. I was I had no knowledge of who they were. And I seems like everybody was okay with how they portrayed those characters. So I, I'll admit, so I, I, when I heard the movie was coming out originally, I, I read the... The uh, the series the the series that was done in the, I think in the nineties okay fantastic series I mean it goes from Annihilation Conquest and through the Guardians through the uh, Thanos um, I think Imperative great comic book series I would highly recommend it um, uh, I think it's uh, Dan Abnett did it okay. Um, um, it, it introduces the characters and you get a lot of these characters too. So a lot of the history and everything was based on, on, it comes from these books. Okay. So, and, and, and there are characters like Mantis and others who are now being introduced into, uh, volume two, which is exciting as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the safest route for them to go because it was, even though it was a, well, no one really, it's not a, it's not as, as a highly known property as like Iron Man or mm-hmm. Hulk. I think they're like, well, we still need to have some limitation as to who we introduce and what we do with this right. for the first one. But then once it was so successful, they're just like, okay, cool. Let's just start pulling in other stranger, other characters into it now because people are totally on board for it. Well, I think, I think you know, you give James Gunn the permission. Right. Basically, like, hey, 
Good job. Okay, you can do whatever you want now, too. And it's awesome that he has three. Yes. Um, okay, so let me tie this into um, a podcast you're associated with. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Would you... Did Guardians of the Galaxy deserve a sequel? Yes. I think it deserved a sequel as much as... Um, as much as like Iron Man did or as much as Captain America did, but from a very different point of view, those films deserve, well, those films, those films warranted a sequel because they were trying to continue a storyline and like they were trying to still build like into this world building or this universe building. Guardians of the Galaxy just deserved a sequel because it was fun. Mm-hmm. Like that, in my head, it deserved a sequel because I enjoyed it and I want to see more of that enjoyment. I want to, I want more of them. I want to see more of the characters. I want to see more of their stories. I don't care if it connects into the universe. I just wanted a sequel to see more of them. So yes, I fully, I fully felt it deserved a sequel. Okay. What about you? I, I 100% agree. I mean, they, they, they left it open enough, obviously, in an, almost every movie that has any sort of franchise potential right. is going to have a nugget open left for, for a sequel. Right. Um, and obviously the mystery around Peter Quill's father, which apparently will be answered in this one. Right. Um, but also a little bit more in depth of, as far as what, what is going on. Right. Um, and I uh, will say, character. I will say had there not been a sequel, I would still have been okay. Go connecting with what you were just saying. Like, yeah. Like it, yeah, you kind of have to make a movie. Like, well, you don't have to. But a lot of these franchises feel like they need to leave something open yep. uh, for a sequel. But had they never made enough part two, I would be completely still okay with the first film. And Because, yes, it was a single good story that they told. It was a lot of fun seeing them, and I'd be happy. But I'm still glad they made a sequel. Yes. <laughs> so far. Yeah. <laughs> so far, no, I... I no... Ratings wise, like this isn't getting, you know, it's still, uh, you look at Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, it's still very high. It's not as high as the original, which I think makes sense because I think the original people had such low expectations going in that it was so good, it blew people away. Right. And now the bar is raised way high. This is a Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises situation. Where people are just like, eh, well, it'll be okay. And then, holy cow, that was amazing. All right, now it, this next one's got to be just as good as that. Right. Coming, Especially keeping in mind that Dark Knight was coming in after, what, uh, Batman and Robin? Batman Begins. Batman, or I'm, Batman I'm sorry. Begins had already happened. Yeah, yeah, Batman Begins. But, well, I think I think, I think I would make the connection with Batman Begins. Sorry. Well, you know, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like Batman Begins coming off of like Batman and Robin. Where right. Nobody so expectations or... were low. And then a lot right. of people were like, another Batman movie, right. another origin story. But Batman Batman Begins was so good and, and told a different angle of the story that, yeah, now the, the, the bar was raised for the second one. Right. And it, it that one made it. That, that one, one, that one, like Dark Knight, is that which I think we discussed, and this has been talked numerous times. That no connection to this movie, but it's been <laughs> it's the whole mentality of the Dark Knight was one of those few occasions where the sequel absolutely blew you out of the water, yeah. blew the first one out of the water. You know? I yeah, and I was I was gonna make the you know I was uh, thinking about this. I w- I was gonna talk a little bit about maybe Empire Strikes Back. True. Yeah. Like. You know, and then they know that, that, okay, there's a connection here. They're both in space. You know, there's aliens, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the if you look at the, the parallels between the two. So, George Lucas wrote and directed Star Wars. Right. Huge, huge hit. 
Right. Second one, Empire Strikes Back. He wrote the story, not the yeah, screenplay. He inspired the story, <laughs> right. and he did not direct it. Right. So he took a step back, and I think almost universally, people consider Empire to be superior to Star Wars. Right. You obviously, A New Hope has has like has a has a spot in a lot of people's hearts as being right. a fantastic film because it was what started Star Wars, and I completely understand. But yeah, I do feel as a film and as a story, Empire is better than A New Hope, and you're going to get crap for that. <laughs> a lot of people who are going to disagree. I don't. I, I yeah, and, and and like I said. I said universally, so that means everybody agrees. Everybody with that. agrees with it. Who works at Universal? Right. <laughs> well, it, so, what do you think for what do you think for this film? What do you think? Where what what, what, do you, what are you expecting for Guardians? I, I I'm really trying to temper. I mean, so I did watch the previews, and then you know I, I'm not one. I, I know some people like uh, uh, Rewatchmen TC and Rewatchmen Chad will avoid certain movie trailers because yep. they don't want any spoilers whatsoever. And I've only seen two trailers. That's the two main trailers is and, what I've seen. For well, I have to say, like, what, what I found, what I find so, and I think we've talked about this before too, though, um, with the DC, not DCU, MCU films, and actually, I shouldn't say that, but all the Disney films right now, <coughs> the trailers are so well done, mm-hmm. they're not giving anything away. Right. You know? Yeah. The big reveal, like, Kurt Russell is Peter Quill's dad. Right. Ego is, but how ego works into the story, you still don't know. I'm I'm guessing that those big monsters that Drax is like flying into the mouth. Right. That's the beginning of the movie. Yeah, because I think James Gunn was going on record as saying like most of that first trailer, and I think even most of like the second trailer. That's the first third of the film. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the first act. Like so you have no idea. You have no idea who the. I mean, you, they you, they've shown the bad person. But you have no idea what she's representing or what right. she's doing. So, um, so going in, so it, you know, again, I'm trying to temper because I don't want to raise the expectations so high mm-hmm. that I'm disappointed. Right. Um, and that's happened before on oh, Spider-Man yeah. movies and, and some of the other ones. So I, I'm going to go in. I'm, I'm going to go in. And I'm going to say I'm going to like it. I'm going to give it an eight okay. right now out of ten. Um, you know, and if I say the first one was probably you know that being a top three top echelon movie that was probably close to a nine and a half ten out of ten mm-hmm. you know and, and again a ten is not saying it's a perfect movie because there's no. no such thing as a perfect movie no no cinema sense proves that yep every movie no matter how good and enjoyable it is still has some minor like some piece that's like ah well you know that probably could have been done better right right i'm sure the director is saying the same thing or, or the editor or whoever um what about you I am, I'm kind of doing the same thing for you. I, I tend to enjoy these movies a lot more and seem to be, you know, based on just previous <laughs> reviews and episodes. Uh, I tend to just be like, ah, that was pretty fun. I enjoyed it and just not like get too caught up and worked up into it. So I'm going in going, if it's because I've also listened to the soundtrack and the score, so I kind of have a little bit of an idea of what's going to happen. Not really. Yeah. But I can tell the tone that it's approaching. Um, I'm going in. I'm probably going to go in about the same. I think about an eight. I think I'm okay. Because you know what? Yeah. I guarantee it's not going to be better than the first one. I, 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 I'm I completely okay. If I go in with that okay mentality. With that. Yeah. If I go in with that mentality and if it somehow turns out to be better than the first one, fantastic. I'm, right. I'll be excited. But I am not going in saying, oh, it's going to be so much better than part one. They're going to do so many cool things. It's like, ah, yeah. No, that's not happening. So just a quick special note. Um, I am, I am... Uh, 
floored by how like James Gunn will write. Like, like he will, like he talked about his, his thing. Like he'll have like a little idea of what, how he's going to go, but then he goes through and picks the soundtrack. Yeah. And then that's Smart, what though. kind of like drives the film. So he, you know, there's so many films where the soundtrack and all that's put together later. Like, right. like Sony records wants to, you know, push their new stars. So they, or, you know, or, or, or Disney or whatever. So they insert that star, um, uh, like Disney had uh, one of their stars sing the Moana song in the end credits instead of Moana herself right. for whatever reason. Oh wait, there is a reason to get money. Um, but James Gunn doesn't, and and I love that. I I I know I know there's other directors that do that, mm-hmm. but it makes. I mean, there's a reason why the soundtrack was so good for the first one. Okay, well we just got here. Um, any last thoughts or notes? Nothing that I can think of. Like I said, I'm just going to go into this going, this is going to be hopefully fun and enjoyable. And as long <laughs> as long as it doesn't completely tank on both of those, I think this will be a fun film. And I'll be excited. And I say ditto. All right, till after the film. <laughs> Bye. Bye. It won't stop recording. We just got out of Guardians 2, Volume 2. Yes. Um, initial thoughts? It was very enjoyable. <laughs> it was very enjoyable. It was, yeah. It, it was clunky as hell, but it was very enjoyable. It, it was, it was, it was clunky, but it was, it was almost clunky on purpose. Like, like, like James Gunn knew it wasn't going to be a smooth thing. So you make it awkward, you make it clunky. And, and, and you write it in a way that it, it worked. Exactly. Sorry, there's people that don't know where to walk. Anyways, yes. It, it was... I don't know, you keep talking. So... I'm still trying to process my, my feelings. First of all, like, my initial feeling, uh, again, with the trailers, beautifully done. Yes. Because you do not know who the villain is. No. Who you think the villain is in the, in the film. Maybe it's the villain, you know, part of the villainy for... for Volume three, which was announced weeks ago, and also it, it tells you that. Right. Um, and I'm very happy that James Gunn has agreed to do the third one as well because he's the vision behind the first two, and, and he's done so well. Right. I would not expect. I, I wouldn't want anybody else to come back for a third one. Right. Because if you know, he's he's obviously crafting the world. He knows the world. He knows what he's doing with it. And for somebody else now to come in on the third one would just throw off the whole thing. Um. So I yeah I liked it a lot. Baby Groot is phenomenal. Baby Groot is phenomenal. Um, kind of steals the show. I have a I have a uh, a nine month old right now as we're doing this recording, and so much of Baby Groot is like that's that's what he does. That's what I mean. All the time, Oscar's pushing the wrong button to blow things up. It's oh that seems unsafe for your house. Also, why are you giving your nine month old baby? A bomb to play I, with. I, I, I tell him not to hit the button. <laughs> my fault he doesn't listen. Constantly turning the television on and off. Yeah, no, Baby Groot is, whole, is fantastic. And that we, since you're speaking about Baby Groot, 
they've been grouped. The humor in the film is amazing. Yes. There, it's, it's very funny. It is very well done. You know, you're always laughing. I don't yep. think there's... It, in, in my opinion, almost to the detriment in once or twice during the film, because you are always laughing because they are always making jokes through yep. the entire thing. There is one or two moments where that undercuts any kind of emotion that you are trying to get or that they were building to because they immediately break it into a joke or they immediately make fun of it. And it, it actually, I would have to say this movie has more jokes in it than the last one does. Yeah, I think there's more, there's definitely a lot more jokes to it. Um, but that can potentially hurt the, the, the flow of the film. The, the one character I thought that was just a little bit Okay, because I, I liked the growth. So you see a lot of growth of characters in this one. So Star-Lord, you see growth there. You see growth in Gamora. You see a lot of growth in Rocket. Right. And, and that is really just, I mean, his growth is is a key piece of the movie, really. Right. Um, the, the one character who I, I found, I mean, he was funny, but so it was Drax. It was Drax. Yeah, I mean. I will say this. <laughs> um. Uh, oh man, the guy who plays him—I can't think of the Batista. Actor. Batista is he—you can tell that he's had a lot more act, acting classes since yeah. then. Because while yeah, he, maybe the uh, the character does kind of wane on you a little bit. His performance is fantastic. Yeah, he that, and the performance from all the characters in this movie, or all the actors in this movie, are fantastic. Like they're all great. They all do a magnificent job. They they convey exactly what they are intending on conveying basically and they come off just yeah they come off fascinating to watch Kurt Russell does a fantastic job in this film I oh loved, yeah I loved watching Kurt Russell so and I don't know how real this is but on on a interview show so like they had a young Kurt Russell to open it up and and like they did with like a young Tony Stark or you know whatever but with this one apparently that was more makeup than CGI which I could see. I mean, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell has aged well. I feel. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got gray hair and all that stuff, but he's not like a like a like a Kirk Douglas. Not Kirk Douglas. Um, well, Michael he Douglas. could have been Kirk Douglas as well. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Douglas. Like, isn't Kirk Douglas dead? I don't think Kirk Douglas is still alive. <laughs> but he, uh, he didn't age. He looked older. Right. Michael Douglas has looked older. Yeah. Um, even Robert Downey Jr. looks, looks older. older than he did thirty years ago. Yeah, but it's great. It, oh man, just the performances in it are fantastic. But yeah, I would I would agree. Uh, Barista came off a little too much. Um, well, I, I think it's over it, the top. Yeah, I, I think what it was it was so in, in the first one you learn that his species or his race or planet whatever they they don't get sarcasm. They don't get you know they take everything literally, and so it's like. He now thinks everything is sarcastic or something like like he's does still doesn't get it and um, you don't see a lot of growth from that character. No, nope. I, I will say this as well. He uh, the I, I which this is this is this this is the problem with some sequels for some films, but obviously <coughs> the sequel to the or this like volume two of Guardians of the Galaxy. You can see that James Gunn went. What was very, what was very successful? What did people like in the first one? Yep. And we're going to do more of that. And you do definitely get that. There's more jokes. There's a ton of action, and it's not all bad. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but there's a ton of action. There's a ton of jokes, 
and there's a ton of Drax doing that, basically, you know? It's, it's, it's not, yeah, and it's not um, Austin Powers where it's the same joke. Right. It's, it, they're, they're new jokes for the first one, so it's growth, again, in, in, right. in the characters. <laughs> but it's definitely, but it's, you know, it does, it does, some, in some cases, it gets a little, like, okay, all right, we, let's keep moving. <laughs> like, let's just... Yeah. That was my that was my biggest issue. I I felt like I felt like it was a little like off in spots. I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoyed the film. It was a great movie. It's it's definitely an eight. Like like we had said before. Like it, it's it's it gets at eight borderline nine for me. See, and I'm sitting at a seven now. Are you? Yes. It it just because. Uh, just because of the clunkiness of the story, the way that it was, yeah. it was, it was kind of it flowed. It didn't flow smooth enough for me. No, but th- and that's why. And I hate the fact that I have to even drop it. But that's why <laughs> it's a seven. It's a high seven. Don't seven borderline eight. Yeah. Okay. But I was I was more along the lines of a borderline nine when we went into it. Yeah. So it did drop a little bit for me. Still very fun though. I mean, I, I I'll really see it again. Liked it. So what I what I liked was all the introduction, even briefly, of other characters. Now, um, for those of you that know the comics, um, Yandu was originally part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but they were Guardians of the Galaxy in like thousands of years mm-hmm. from now. Like it's at the end of the universe. It's him, Charlie, uh, twenty seven, um, like Spartan X, and I forget the other name. But anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, Vance Astro is one of them, and he's got the uh, Captain America shield. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see all those characters introduced, even briefly. And, and it'd be awesome if they were in future one. If Ving Rhames was Charlie 47 or 27, whatever. <laughs> it's it's more of that world building that they, yeah. that they do so well. It's like now that they, they, they have a second time around, it's like, all right, like we were saying before we were going in, like, okay, now it's, a, now it's an excuse to introduce more characters. Like, let's introduce more of this world right. that we would never have done the first time around because no one, like, we didn't want to, A, they didn't want to risk it. Right. Introducing characters that, like, you're not going to have a payoff by introducing that character. Well, and I liked, I, I liked Mantis. Yeah. I thought she was a good character as well. I mean, there wasn't a lot of development with her. You know, she, she and Drax had a weird bonding and so she felt that she needed to share with Drax what was going on. Right. Um, now, you know, and, and then she was she was with him. Um, I, I do like how this is setting things up, though, right? Like, you have Gamora and Nebula, who until this movie, they just hated each other and they right. fought each other. But now they're, they made a, a bond and Nebula is going off to kill Thanos. And right. this is all spoiler territory. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and Infinity War is coming up, and guess what? Thanos is the enemy. Right. So now we know, or we have an idea anyway, of the connection between the two. Nebula is going to catch up to him. Uh-huh. And I'm guessing she's probably either going to die or be prisoner of Thanos. Yeah, I feel and like she'll probably sacrifice herself, yeah. or she'll be she'll be a she'll be one of the the, the, the deaths that will get yeah. out of that film. And and she'll, which is silly, too bad because I I love the actress. And mm-hmm. but um, 
but that brings the Guardians into the Infinity War. Not only that, I mean, it's probably he's on Earth, so Peter obviously has a strong, strong pull towards Earth. He hasn't been back because that's where his mom died, so it's hard for him to do it, but right. he's going to do it. Um, yeah, so, so you know, and, and I know that there's always some of that with, with all these Marvel films, um, especially the second one, because uh-huh. you, you look at the second Thor, you look at, at um, um, a, a lot of the side, second Iron Man, they're always like the, the weakest of the series. Um, because they're, you know, and they always are planting seeds towards the next. Right. I will definitely say that with this film, based on the way it ends, it it definitely feels like the Empire Strikes Back uh, of the the Star Wars trilogy, or the original trilogy, in the sense that it doesn't have, it doesn't feel like it has a uh, a completely resolved ending. It feels like they are leaving it as a cliffhanger. Now, whether or not that resolve is going to come in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, or if that resolve comes in the Avengers Infinity War, you know, which they're filming, obviously, right now. Right. I, that's the thing that I don't understand where that resolve is going to come from, but it definitely does, and it does, it wraps up the story presented in the film. Yeah. But it still hasn't, like, it's not self-contained. Like, the first one was, while still introducing concepts for the rest of the MCU, it, it didn't, it, it still was it ended. It was its own little film. Yep. Now you have, obviously, they know they're going to make a third of these films, so they can leave it open-ended. They didn't have to wrap it up like they did in the first one. It right. makes sense. Yep. I get it. But yeah, it definitely did kind of feel like, oh, there's still more. They're hinting at more stuff coming. Like, <laughs> Well, and, and the first one introduced the, you know, the one Infinity Stone. Yep. You know, and, and gave us all the background of the Infinity Stones and what they were and how they, you know, how powerful they are and all that. And, you know, that's how it connected to the other world. But you still had, you know, a cosmic being in Thor that could have gone to the Nova to get it if, if need be. Right. You know, like, you know, not a big deal if, if the Guardians flopped or whatever. Right. Yeah, they could have just shifted who was going to, who needed it later on. Right. Yeah, because, like, yeah, the, definitely the first Guardians of the Galaxy was very well cemented in the mix of the MCU's, like, Thanos storyline. Mm-hmm. This one, it really wasn't. Well, Thanos wasn't a character. He was right. mentioned a couple times, but not more of his cruelty and the hatred that these that the two female characters have. Right. Um, this ahead. this one doesn't like because like this one didn't have to worry about doing the Infinity Stones. This one didn't have to really worry about anything else outside of these are our characters that are still in the universe. They're still doing stuff, and yes, they are still connected to the Thanos and all that. But nothing that they well. Actually, that's a lie. It seems like by during the the, the end credits, mm-hmm. um, the post credit or not even the post credit, but just the end credits sequences, that there is they're introducing concepts that are going to be playing out in future films. Yep. Uh, so that was how they still got their connection out. Yep. But it's still this was its own story, its own thing. It didn't have to worry about trying to connect into the world, into the universe that they're building. So I really, really liked how they did ego because. Yeah, when, it totally when, worked. When when it was first leaked or or announced or whatever that Kurt Russell would be Ego the Living Planet and he would be Star Lord's dad, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who know of Ego from the comics and stuff go, how how the hell is this going to work? Right. Um. But they totally made it work. Oh yeah. They they totally and, and you got a nice. 
when Craiglin is on the ship outside and, and, and Eagle's getting all angry and all that, yep. and, and you look at the planet and you can see the, the classic Eagle face, right. it's, you know, just a little fanboy in me was like, yes. <laughs> they did it right. I mean, I, I know I know a little bit about Eagle the Living Planet. Like, I know a little bit because obviously once they yep. announced that it was going to be a character in this film, I looked it up, I researched it. Because I'm like, oh, I'm curious. That sounds interesting, and I, I can, I can appreciate how well they seem to to portray the character yeah. in this film. I'm like, I get it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's, and it's an awesome, nice little twist that it's not just a planet that he basically has a human-like proxy, you know, right? <laughs> which apparently he took to every planet, even the planets that aren't humans, which <laughs> seemed a little weird, but a little, yeah. Uh, but I understand it's a visual thing. I get it. Yeah, but no, I, I thought it. I thought that. They just—they did a great job with a lot of the characters. I enjoyed watching, and again, I like just—I liked watching Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell did yeah. a bang up of a, like a really good dramatic acting job in this too. <laughs> well, and I think that's where—that's where I think James Gunn needs to get a lot of credit mm-hmm. because you give this concept to a lesser writer or director, they're gonna screw it up. Oh yeah, you know, like he saw a way to make Ego, the Living Planet, the father of Star Lord, like. I think most other writers would have made it Jason of Spartex, which is the comic one. And the, and and James Gunn had his reasons, and very good reasons, very good reasons for not wanting to be Jason. It's like, and then you're making him royalty, and you're, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. This is a, a better story mechanism. Totally agree. Totally get it. Well done, James Gunn. Oh, yeah. Um, more credit to you. And if, by the way, he mocapped Baby Groot. <laughs> That's all James Gunn. Um, it's also a little bit of Vin Diesel too. Well, Vin, yeah, they then, did say they brought him in to, to mocap some, some of it. Yeah. Okay, I think dancing Baby Groot—that is for sure James. That's Gunn. more than likely James Gunn. <laughs> oh, and by the way, <laughs> nice parallel to the first one with the open. You know, you have an opening sequence in the past. Yep. And then you open up with a, a great dance number. A dance number. Yep. Where it's a otherwise serious moment. Right. With our one of our main characters just dancing around. Which I did like I loved that opening. That opening was brilliant. I'm like, I love that we don't follow the action. The action's right. just happening in the background. I love that. Yep. It was so well done, so well thought Again, out. Again, full credit to James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um what else did I want to talk about? Uh, Ego. <coughs> so Adam Warlock is more than likely to be a character in the third one. I mean, there's been hints of him in 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 one of the Thor movies. In the first Guardians movie, there was a hint of him with the cocoon in the collector's uh, um, area. Right. So now it looks like he really is going to be there. I mean, there's a there's an entity or something created by these perfect beings that will be the perfect creature. Right. It could be Adam and probably Adam Warlock, or it could be Adam. I think it's Magus or Magus, which is the evil entity of Adam Warlock. Like Adam Warlock has a couple sides to him. Okay. And Adam Warlock is the good character. He helps. He saves the universe and all that. Adam Magus. Or Magus is the evil side of him. That it's still one person is still one person. Yep. So then that'd be your villain, introduced villain into probably one of the Avengers 
Could be. Because uh, he is... Infinity 3 or 4, whatever one. He is very powerful character. But um, then he probably will... He'll probably turn mm-hmm. and become good then. So you do that, you do that trope, which is not a bad trope, but you do that trope, and then he's the good guy, and then he helps them save the yeah. universe. That would make sense. I mean, again, we could be speculating, and it's probably a pointless exercise, because... <laughs> Going in, we're like, yeah, we know who the bad guy is, and yeah, we were wrong. We were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any other thoughts about the film? There's one other thing I want to talk about, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, Not that I could think of. Like I said, most of it was just, it was just, it was a fun ride. It was, it succeeded in what it was meant to be, which was just a funny action film. Did really good at that, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that. What do you think about, okay, so this one, so the first one, you know, Star-Lord is a um, human, Mm half-human, and, you know, he he holds the Infinity Stone, and for some reason, he doesn't blow up like other characters, so, you know, there's something special about him, Right. but for the most part, for most of the film, you feel that he's just a human with no special powers, like Tony Stark or or, um, Bruce Wayne type of thing. But mm-hmm. now you learn he's a half-god, so that makes him kind of a superhero now, now with superpowers. Right. What are your thoughts? Like, now you're, you're changing that character significantly. We are changing that character. However, I feel like that is not the case by the end of the film. I feel like by destroying Ego, because you see that, you see that he looks like he loses his power. Mm-hmm. I feel like by destroying Ego, they're actually removing that out, and now he is just a normal human again. And I, I think so as well. I just, yeah. I don't want, uh, I think, well, and, and Marvel hasn't done that yet, have, like, lazy writing. And I think that would be lazy writing to have him, like, return to Earth with all these massive superpowers. Right. Right. I still feel like because, they, because they've established him, they've established Star-Lord as a just normal guy who just happens to be flying around in space with all these aliens and all these weird stuff. Um, because they've established that he's a normal guy, I can't imagine them keeping the concept of him being a superhero. Mm-hmm. Because then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's outside of the realms of, you know, he, you know he's in the realms of, like, Captain America and the Hulk, and it's like, I, he, I don't see him. He's That does not appear to be how that character is. That character still comes across very human, very normal, and the moment you give him superpowers, it's like now we're making my like a semi god. You're just like, okay, that's okay. Yeah, he's he's not something that I can relate to as an audience member. Right. I mean, granted, yes, he's again, he still has been out in space for most of his life, and that's kind of hard to relate to. But I can still relate to him being human more than I can relate to Captain America. When I, and when he's I super think, strong. <laughs> and what I think is important in the whole thing is that it's it's Peter Quill's humanity that keeps kind of that family together. Right. Right. I mean, that's what kind of, that's, that's almost the heart of all this because when they they came, you know, they're all separate beings that had separate agendas and things like that, but it was his heart that made them a a family. Right. And so I think if you get rid of that humanity piece of it, you're going to miss the mark on the guardians. And I think again, James Gunn has done a great job of that. So, well, uh, those are our thoughts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, very much worthwhile seeing. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fun ride. I mean, this is probably a film worth seeing multiple times Mm -hmm. because you missed a lot. Um, every single time they did a wide shot, I was just trying to like look in at the screen, trying to see if I could see other stuff and 
you miss so much stuff that goes by so fast. I did like wrap real quick. I did like the appearance of Howard the Duck again. Yeah, I love it. That's just a running gag now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we know he's free, right? Yep. So, I mean, we we haven't seen, uh, we, you know, Cosmo wasn't in this one except in the end credits, right. um, where just a picture of him that went up. We haven't seen the, the the one character that I'm still waiting to be introduced in the cosmic world is uh, Nova. I'm a big fan of Nova. And who is that? Nova is, he's the, uh, uh, an Earthman who, and there's a couple versions of him, who uh, is part of the Nova Corps. Okay. And when their planet is destroyed, um, he's the lone survivor. So, so Nova Force is a shared power that all the Nova Corps have. Mm-hmm. So they all have a, a portion of the Nova Force. When he's the only one, he has all the Nova Force. So he's this very powerful policeman type Got it. Guy. So he's a good guy. Because those are the guys from the first film, right? Wasn't that the Nova yep. Corps? Okay. Yep. And uh, uh, Richard Ryder is the um, um, the main one that people will know from the comic books. But um, there, there's a new one um, uh, from, you know, the kids from, I think, Phoenix or Arizona or New Mexico or something like that. Um, but, you know, really well done. Um, comic book that, I, again, that I like... Um, so he is someone that will be introduced in a future one, I'm guessing, because mm-hmm. it's a you know it's a, a cosmic character that's very important. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and and Adam Warlock being introduced in the next one. I mean, it's it's getting it's getting big, and and I'm I'm liking it. I I, uh, I like the direction that it's going. I, I think I have a lot of hope for this next Thor movie. I think it looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man looks great, and Stanley as the Watcher. Yeah, that one that it's more or less, more or less, either making fun of it, like that the the popular theory is that he is a Watcher, uh, or confirming it yeah. <laughs> that he is a Watcher. <laughs> so Kevin Feige has come out and confirmed it, <laughs> which now it makes sense. Now you have that's why he appears everywhere. I mean, and it's brilliant that he's in there, and. You know, it's it's one of those fan theories that I'm sure that Marvel is like this. This is too brilliant for us not to go forward right. with at this point. <laughs> it ties all of their films together. I believe the only film out of all the Marvel universe that Stanley has not had a cameo in was Logan. Yeah, of some yeah, like the two Hulks, even the one that's not part of MCU. Um, everything in the MCU he's had on mm-hmm. Deadpool. He did all the X-Men films, um, the X-Men spinoff ones, which, which Deadpool is on, but the two Wolverine films. Like, so he's been in all these, the fantastic fours. Right. So now he's just a watcher. He's someone who, you know, and all the Spider-Men. Yep. All the original ones by Sam Raimi. Even the new ones. Yep. You know, the, the two, the two new ones and then the newest one, he'll, he'll have a cameo on that. Plus, He's already filmed cameos for like the next five or six films. Right. So, you know, on that day when, when he passes, which will be a sad day for, for, for many comic book fans and superhero fans, Mm -hmm. but, um, he will pass and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a perfect way to make, to, to honor his character. And I mean, it'd be great if Jack Kirby were around still or some of the other, right. All the, all the other creators or runners of the of the comics are yep yep, but uh, it's a it's a yeah brilliant. So well that wraps it up. Um, 
I, I, I don't know if Wonder Woman will be on our list. There's a very good <laughs> chance that it will be. Um, there are some other films that are coming out this year that uh, um, I believe we, we uh, want to uh, review. We may even do some, um, when, when certain films come out on uh, Blu-ray or on HBO, Jeff and I may do one of these or, or others, um, including like Power Rangers and others. It's more or less it, to get them out early is, are we willing to pay the money? Right. And if the answer is no, then maybe we'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the case with Power Rangers. Right. So uh, uh, keep your ears open for that. And uh, with that, uh, as TC says, say confidently, keep doing what you're doing. Wait, which word should I emphasize? Keep. keep doing what you're doing. Yes. Keep doing what you're doing, folks. Yeah.